Brian Kemp in Georgia, Mike DeWine in Ohio. And I want to be clear that we are coming for all of these Republicans who were a part of either impeaching President Donald Trump or who have supported the illegal and unconstitutional mask mandates. And I want to make it clear that we are putting them on a list peacefully and democratically. Otherwise, CNN will call me an insurrectionist. Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. Thanks so much for joining us on the live show and for hanging out the extra five minutes while we were getting some things ironed out. Uh, So if I'm new to you, you're new to me. I am Joe Mobley, the host of The Joe Mobley Show. And here is where we talk about being an uncloseted conservative. That's sharing your thoughts, your opinions, and your beliefs, regardless of the consequence or the circumstance. Guys, we've got an awesome show for you with friends of the show. We've got Charlie Street. Uh, on deck, we've got Demis Christophe, host of Immigrant Corner, and we've got the one and only uh, very tall Scott Pressler. So let's get it. Gentlemen, welcome. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. I'm ready? Awesome. Well, uh, Demis, Charlie, you guys are, um, you know, you guys are <laughs> norms on the show. Uh, Scott, you're the new guy on deck. You're sure, certainly not a new guy to uh, activism. So uh, how are you doing? Good, sir. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go. Awesome. So uh, I said that tall thing. I I don't remember when you came to Loudoun County, you know, I saw you in Starbucks. I saw you speak. But I just didn't actually get an image of how tall you were until CPAC. I, uh, I, I don't know. I think it got too close to you. And I was like, man, this, <laughs> this guy is like, I feel like less of a man. I need to go stand over here. Um, so if you somehow don't know who Scott Pressler is, you know, he, he went from a guy that was just trying to do some good in the world by cleaning up some trash, seeing an obvious need, which in and of itself is commendable. And somehow that has transformed into this political activism journey. And you are out on the front lines. You're, um, when, when I look at your work, you're really activating people to get off of the bench. Uh, so tell us you know, about yourself and just how you got to be where you are. Thank you. Well, I first, I have to thank President Barack Obama. The day that he was re-elected in 2012, I created my Twitter account that night. But, you know, I wasn't really mad at Obama. I was mad at myself because I hadn't been an active participant in our constitutional republic. Where was I registering voters? Where was I knocking on doors? Where was I getting out the vote? And so as opposed to playing into the Democrats' 
victimology, I decided to turn the finger back at myself. And I started volunteering right here in Northern Virginia. I fell in love with it. And in 2014, I got my first ever political job helping to elect Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas. And then Antonin Scalia, he passed away, unfortunately. And I was well aware that the Supreme Court was split four to four. And I wasn't going to allow for a second Hillary Clinton to be the one nominating the next Supreme Court justice of the highest court of the land. And with all of your help, I spent two years of my life working to defeat Hillary Clinton. And I've been on this mission for the last five years of my life that I've traveled the country. I've registered thousands of voters. I've trained tens of thousands of volunteers. And yes, I was inspired by President Trump in part to start cleaning up our cities. Because again, how I was disappointed that my inaction allowed President Obama in part to get reelected. I was disappointed in society that as opposed to doing something about the problem of trash in Baltimore, I noticed that everybody, they wanted clicks, they wanted likes, they wanted clout, they wanted to show the problem of trash in Baltimore, but nobody was willing to clean it up. And I said, okay, I'm gonna go do it. With 200 volunteers on a Monday, we picked up 12 tons of trash in 12 hours in one day. And I thought to myself, okay, if I'm a private citizen, I don't have the backing of the government. I don't have millions of dollars at my disposal. If I'm able to do the job of the government for the government as a private citizen, why can't I do this everywhere? And I did. I went to Atlanta, Austin, Baltimore, Chicago, Denver, Duquesne, Detroit, Houston, Kenosha, Los Angeles, Miami, Milwaukee, Nashville, Portland, Pittsburgh, Philly. And Joe, I was even protested for picking up trash in an act of love in San Francisco, California. And so now I'm on this mission that not only am I leading with love, not only am I registering new voters across the country in literally all 50 states, but I'm on this mission to make sure that when Republicans take back the House and Senate in 2023, that it is not of the John Boehner or Paul Ryan vein of the Republican Party, but that we are electing true conservative constitutionalist candidates that are going to put forth an America First vision that includes election integrity, parental choice and education, securing that gosh darn border, medical freedom, and an internet bill of rights, which I think are the future of conservatism. Awesome. So, That's you a know, lot to I know, I'm sorry. It, it really is. And it's a shame that people really, I mean, you guys don't realize people really protest. They really show up and show out to stop people from doing things like picking up trash, cleaning beaches, cleaning alleyways based on political ideological differences. And none of us are strangers to that. Um, another thing that none of us are strangers to, and we can kind of go around the horn, Demis, we'll start with you. Um, we've all been doing the political activism. I know, Charlie, we've even spoken about having conversations with people that we know, which is very you know, it's a tenuous circumstance these days because the environment is so divisive and, and cancel culture. Um, but, uh, but Demis, what, what impact are you seeing? Um, and we'll just go around the horn on this, but what impact are you guys seeing on your efforts getting people activated? I know like my wife, 
you know, before COVID, not the illness, but the response, the emergency response, she was kind of apolitical. She was conservative. Uh, she was obviously pro-life. Um, she was kind of a pro-liberty gal. Um, but now she's been activated. You know, what, what are you guys seeing out there? I think the four of us are frontline people, uh, but the audience wants to hear from you. So, Demis? Oh, yeah. I mean, my wife, she hated politics to begin with. She hadn't, she didn't want anything to do with it. Every time I spoke about anything, she would roll her eyes and just walk away, you know, do that. Oh, God. And just like, you know, walk away. But now, you know, after last year and like what happened in Loudoun County, um, she realized that, you know, there's a lot more at stake than, you know, there's, there's more to be done. And uh, I I didn't want to become a political activist to be honest with you I I I still don't consider myself as a political activist I just consider myself as an American who wants the old America back the way it was when I came into this country back in '93 where things were normal and people were gathering you know they don't have any political division and you know. Everybody hung out with everybody. Everybody liked you know one another, but that's not what I'm seeing now, and it's kind of sad because now everybody has become a political uh, subject matter expert. They think they know everything. They don't study. They don't read. They just uh, you know a tweet goes out and that's it. That's their <laughs> that's their fact based knowledge of what's going on. Um, but the good thing I've seen is our community here in Virginia, we united as nobody has ever seen before. Specifically when we did, when we start standing up to our schools, the, the school boards. I think that united a lot of people because we clearly send the message out of what the hell is happening to our world and specifically what's happened to our kids. I think that message was very, very clear. It was loud and it was not violent. Yeah, and that's that's on the parent front. And we're but we're also seeing new voters being activated. We're seeing yes. buyers being activated. Um, and, Charlie Kirk's always pushing that secondvote.com, you know, stop paying for stuff that's trying to to cancel you. Absolutely. I mean, that that's, I think, uh, Joe, if you know a lot, I've said this many times, people, people are scared to talk because of the cancel culture crap. But once you say the words, I don't give a damn what you do and what you say and say the phrase, I will cancel you before you cancel me, is when people can actually get the guts to say what they want to say and, you know, I don't care if it's the opposition. doesn't matter. We need opposition in anything. We can't all agree on everything. That's just not how things work. Yeah. But the fact, the fact that you could actually say what you want to say without, without repercussion, that's the key. And people got scared because what they see on TV is one guy speaks out and one gal speaks out and they get canceled because of what they say or what they believe in. And it started out with, you know, the coach getting fired while speaking publicly at a public event as a citizen. Yeah. That so got Charlie, people scared. Yeah. Charlie, what are you seeing with new, new voters? So, you know, parents? I mean, so if you take myself, 
I'm in a lot of ways, I'm not doing that much differently than I have been doing. You know, I do do a podcast, I try to get online, I try to get the word out and in maybe a lot the same way I always have. But what's changed is that has helped us in a lot of ways is that the left has tried to go so far. You know, they used to sugarcoat stuff. They used to not tell us what they were really about. And they've had this momentum and it's almost become, I think, like a competition among themselves to outdo each other. And they've gone so far that that has been one of the biggest things. People out there that didn't necessarily care so much have seen what they're doing and seen what they're doing in the schools and, and you know, in almost every area you can think of. And suddenly these people then, they want, they want to hear they want to hear from Scott. They want to hear from podcasts like this. They've, they've become more interested. But, you know, we we have, you know, to give us some credit, we have used social media then. We were there at the right place at the right time. But it's that radicalism that's happened on the left that um, I think has been the biggest thing to help us. Yeah, and 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 I uh, when I... I saw actually Scott when he was uh, in Baltimore. I, I saw the news break and like the fact that he was out there cleaning up. It pissed off the left so much. It pissed them off so much. I was seeing it on on. I was watching it on news that he embarrassed the hell out of them. Scott, you actually embarrassed the hell out of Baltimore by doing what you did, and well, that's and what they need. So, and so that's exactly what they need. You need to embarrass them. They, these people need to be embarrassed to a point of no return. And, and you know, not just for us to come on the shows and do the shows that we do, that we put out the word or whatever. Um, we also have to engage our neighbors. We have to engage our friends. I think that's where it starts. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I've lost many friends and many relatives, you know, they they're gone, which is okay. I'm still here, you know. And if they ever change their mind or whatever happens, you know, I'll, I'll still be here. I'm not gonna deny them the fact that okay, they made a mistake or not even made a mistake. They they just chose not to associate themselves with somebody else. So but, so Scott, so you can land the activism plane. This is what we're seeing here. We we don't have the kind of the reach. I've gone as far as Delaware, but I like to stay home and you know with my four kids and whatnot. So what we're seeing here, you know, is, is that echoing? You've been all over, man. Georgia, Arizona, California, you know, going to all of these liberal places, getting your passport stamped so much. You must wear a passport out. Um, are, are you seeing the same stuff nationwide? Is this just happening in Loudoun County? What, what's the deal? In 2021, I traveled to 28 states alone, including Hawaii, for business. I want to make that very clear <laughs> that I went to Hawaii sure. for work, and I did not even dip my feet once in the Pacific Ocean. But no, we're seeing a level of engagement and activism. You know, I talked to Tea Party leaders who were part of the 2010 sweep when we took 63 seats in the House after President Obama was first elected in 2008. And I asked them, is the energy you're seeing today tantamount to the Tea Party energy that we saw in 2010? And all of the leaders are saying that this energy 
is exponentially greater than what they saw in 2010. And we saw that in Virginia taking over the governorship in a state that hasn't elected a Republican statewide since 2009. We saw that winning a statewide Supreme Court justice seat in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We saw that just this week in Texas, where our numbers were greater than the 2018 midterms that we have outperformed the Democrats by something to the extent of over 400,000 more votes. People are fired up, but the most important thing that we need to do is not just vote in general elections, we must vote in primaries because that's the opportunity where we can hold members of our party accountable, which is why I've been to Illinois to help defeat Adam Kinzinger, who's not running for re-election. I've been to Wyoming to help primary and defeat Liz Cheney. I've been to Georgia. I, I saw I you give those, those threats. You said that you were going to show up and you were going to primary those people, and you are. You're doing exactly what you said you'd do. Yes, sir. Brian Kemp in Georgia. Mike DeWine in Ohio, and I want to be clear that we are coming for all of these Republicans who were a part of either impeaching President Donald Trump or who have supported the illegal and unconstitutional mask mandates. And I want to make it clear that we are putting them on a list peacefully and democratically. Otherwise, CNN will call me an insurrectionist. Absolutely well, insane. If I can ask Scott, so, you know, we... we um, there's a lot we try to do to get the word out, but um, the, so the, the far left, though, they control the mainstream media, they control universities, they control um, uh, the entertainment industry, the music industry. There's a lot of folks that um, want our side to, you know, be a little more articulate and, and be heard. What, what would be your suggestion when there are a lot of avenues closed off to us or, or we're at a certain disadvantage, what, what would you say can people do to, to help in this movement? Well, I appreciate that question, but I'm calling baloney. And uh, when people give me those kind of responses, I'm sorry, but I think that's an excuse you know, the very people who are complaining about election integrity, when I ask them if they've signed up to become an election day worker, they haven't even signed up or taken a training or taken off work on election day to make sure that we have eyes and ears inside of polling locations. I'm sorry, but the left outworks us. They out-hustle us. They out-grind us. They out-register us. There are more of us than them in the United States, but we don't work as hard as the Democrats do, which is why I'm trying to show leadership by example that who else is talking about voter registration? That's why I'm always out in my community and in communities across the country registering new Republican voters. And I'm spending the entire month of, Florida, of April in Florida, for example, traveling to 15 different counties. Seven of them are blue. And I'm dedicating all 30 days to registering new Republican voters. So if somebody really wants to get active, what I strongly encourage you to do is join your local Republican Party. Even if you don't like the leadership, even if you don't like Ron and McDaniel, guys, 
you can't complain about a problem unless you are willing to become the solution. And I strongly encourage you to find out if there is a vacancy for the precinct that you live in, in your neighborhood. And if there is a vacancy, become a precinct chair, a committee man, a committee woman. And I encourage people to get the data for their neighborhood of, for example, hard Republicans and soft Republicans and knock on their door and introduce yourself. My name is Scott. I'm your local Republican Party leader, and I want to make sure, are you registered to vote at your current address? Is everybody in your home registered to vote? Are you prepared to vote in the upcoming primary? Do you have a plan to vote on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022? Would you like more information on becoming an Election Day worker so we have safe and secure, fair and free elections? Do you know who your representatives are in the state legislature so that you can call them in regards to protecting women's sport, fund the police, safe and secure elections with election integrity, no vaccine passports, no mask mandates. But I'm sorry, again, I think it's baloney if people are gonna say that we don't have a voice because of either social media censorship, when now we have Gab, Parler, Getter, Telegram, True Social, or because we don't have access to the, the media, we are the media. We have taken over social media. So uh, to anybody at home, think of me, the dog walker who got his start uh, volunteering, that life is what you make it, but you have to be determined to succeed. Yeah, and it sucks. I was an election officer and it was a long day. It was a long 12, 13 hour day. And then I went and partied with this guy at the victory party. Uh, here in Virginia, but I know with all certainty that the Red River uh, or the Red Fox precinct over here was it was a clean election. Uh, Terry only won that deep blue, you know, precinct. He only won by 104 votes, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a plus eight, plus nine precinct." 84 percent of the voters showed up live on the day to vote, so I knew we had, you know, we had all the data, uh, and I knew Glenn Youngkin was going to win at that point. Um, so you talked, you talked a little bit about the Tea Party movement, and I got to say, these things kind of come and go, but there's something different in the air about what's going on. Some people are saying constitutional conservatives. Some people are saying a Liberty Party. I've seen all kinds of things, but I, I do think that what was once a small freedom caucus, a small constitutional conservative caucus is getting larger and larger, um, so what, what's going to happen is, are, are the Rhino Republicans, are the Uniparty establishmentarian folks going to keep fighting us? Or are we going to be able, for the first time, um, are we going to be able to kind of usurp and take control of the Republican Party? Or is the Republican Party just going to go away and we're going to, you know, give birth to something else? Thoughts, guys? Um, I think... Uh, all the rhinos show their true face in the past two or three years, specifically like Mitt Romney and uh, Mitch McConnell. Those two guys definitely don't have a backbone of anything. Mitch McConnell needs to go. Like, he needs to go yesterday. Uh, Mitt Romney, it's another guy who definitely needs to leave the party. He does not belong there. I think we need to recruit Joe Manchin, to be honest with you. Your mansion is more Republican than 
I don't. I don't think we need to recruit Mansion, but I think he's already on. he's already switching. But you know, I think we should keep him in the Democratic Party. <laughs> we should keep him as a Democrat. No, I I feel the same way about Tulsi Gabbard. I think she's incredible, but I there's yeah. enough political ideological difference there. The way I feel about welfare, the way she feels about welfare, it's an irreconcilable difference. And, Let her fight her own people. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way about Manchin. I, I think there's a good place for him, but I do not believe that he is going to become. It, it almost, it sounds to me when I hear stuff like that, it sounds to me like that big lie that was the parties flipped. Uh, but anyway, go on. But, I mean, there's a lot of people in the Republican Party that need to be replaced, to be honest with you. Um, they, they, they don't have a backbone, dude. They they definitely don't have a backbone to stand up to anybody. They they're more scared of the Democrats than they are scared of their own constituents. And the constituents need to step up and show these people that you need to grow some balls and do what you need to do. Because what's happening now is the the constitution is being smeared on the floor. It's being ju- just dragged. All over the place. Oh, the the liberals are done with the Constitution. They're they're done done with it. Yeah, it's just being smeared all over the place. The last election showed that clearly that they're willing to break any law possible to get what they want, and they know the court system is slow. So by the time the court system comes in and say, "Hey, what you did was illegal," just you know how the Pennsylvania Supreme Court came out and said the mail-in voting was illegal, unconstitutional, but it's already too late. You can't challenge it anymore. Yeah, the damage is done. Uh, I, don't, not- is done. I, don't think, I don't think the answer, though, is to get rid of the Republican Party or start another party. No, no, I'm not I, talking about get rid yeah. of the party. No, I know. And, and you know, Joe had, Joe had mentioned this, and I just want to say, though, you know, e- even if you tried to do something, if you started another party, I think the rhinos would just try to come over. So, it, it, you know, then you end up with three parties or whatever. I think the answer is we take the Republican Party back. You you focus on where you can and what's already established. And I think I think that's the answer to what we have to do. Yeah. And I, think we're do- and I think we're doing it now. We will see in a few months if this really comes through and we get uh, more hardcore principled people in. Um, but I think that's going to happen in November. Was, was that tea in there, Dennis? Oh yeah, man! <laughs> is that the world's largest cup of whiskey? <laughs> I'm not telling you what it is. If I pass out, <laughs> this is this is water, not tequila. Scott, what do you what do you think's going on in the party, man? Well, I'm a uh, a part of the solution by helping to challenge these Republicans who have been going against our interests. You know, the people that voted for the infrastructure bill or um people who voted to impeach the president you know they're on their way out look at what we did with anthony gonzalez who is no longer running look at lieutenant governor duncan in the state of georgia and uh raffensperger the secretary of state he's got a primary challenger so we're holding people accountable but ultimately look at the end of the day whether or not we are successful depends upon Republicans in whether or not they take action, but just posting on social media isn't going to do it. And just complaining about it isn't going to do it. So we have to focus on voter registration, 
knocking on doors and turning people out like we did in the gubernatorial election in the Commonwealth of Virginia in 2021. So when you hit the ground, I'm, I've always meant to ask you this and I always forget when you like come onto the scene, you, you must have a process. Like, what do you do? Are you reaching out to the local precinct, the leadership? Are you finding a challenger or are you linking up with the challenger that's already got like the base camp established? So you're, you see this, this rhino, um, you know, you made the promise, they did the squish thing, and now you're at their door finding a, or supporting a challenger for them. What, is, what does that look like? It depends. I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, I'm here to win. And look at Texas. I know a lot of people were unhappy with Governor Greg Abbott, and they believe that he shut down the state not once but twice, and that he wasn't strong in securing the border. But did I take a public stance in the governor's race? Did I endorse a challenger? No, I didn't. Because sometimes you have to understand that unless you have a candidate that has name ID and is well-funded and is actually able to challenge the candidate who's already in office, then you have to discuss viability. So I'm only focused on races that I know we have the ability to win because there are 50 states, I'm one person, and I cannot possibly focus on every single election. So for example, I know in the state of Wyoming, you've got one of the states who thinks of Biden as the strongest disapproval in the country besides West Virginia. And then you have a candidate, Liz Cheney, who voted to impeach President Donald Trump. And then you have a candidate, uh, Harriet, who has been endorsed by the president. That's a candidate that I'm going to be involved with, because not only do we have the support of the president, but we have an unpopular uh, candidate that voted to impeach the president. And uh, you've got to stay where it's unpopular against the president of the United States, Joe Biden. So it's about finding the right candidate at the right time in order to make sure that we have viability to win. So so Jay Short is uh, killing it in the comments here. And I agree. So as far as he's concerned, there's only two members of the House, Thomas Massey and Chip Roy. Uh, he also is lacing an order. He said, Scott, you need to help them get rid of Jim Banks the third in Indiana. So I, I don't know if Scott does, uh, I don't know if he does, you know, made to order oustings, but yeah. Well, to, to my understanding, Jim Banks is highly regarded as a uh, conservative lawmaker in the House of Representatives. So uh, I'm not so certain on that candidate. Yeah, he's no Chip Roy, but um, he's also not on my uh, rhino radar anyway, which is only something that I've developed now that I, I work in conservative fundraising now at HSP Direct, uh, and there is definitely a rhino radar there. It's the coolest workplace <laughs> in the world. I, I, I truly don't think I'm ever leaving. You know, I came from a huge consulting firm, and I think this is it. Like, I think that uh, I, I found the place. Um. All right, we can't talk about conservative movement without talking about, I say MAGA. Apparently, everyone says MAGA. I don't know. Uh, MAGA, bro. So what? <laughs> All right, guys, do or die. I will say I will take any configuration of these four names. Trump, DeSantis, Haley, Gnome. Heck, I'd take a win some Sears. Uh, I think a Trump Gnome ticket is a winning ticket. But anyway, 
is the MAGA movement over? Uh, you know, Steve Bannon believes absolutely not. He believes that what happened in Virginia with Youngkin, with Winsome, with Miaras, um, is a testament to parents' rights, children's safety, and individual autonomy, individual liberty, but also um, to to MAGA showing up. So, is is it over? Uh, is it going to continue? What what are your thoughts, Charlie? We'll throw to you first. No, I, I don't. I don't think it's over at all. I think um, I Trump. I think that Trump is still the man, and I think he's uh, most likely to get the nomination. But even you know, if, are, are if you sure a, that he's running? Everyone's going back and forth. I think he's running. I think I think he's running, and I think he's given um, the implied signal that he is running. Um, but if if he said tomorrow he was out. I think this whole movement is sort of related to what I said before. I think that to some degree, the woke left has gone so far that it has energized people. And a lot of people call this the Trump movement. But even without Trump, there is a certain momentum. People want liberty back. They want the things that work. They, they want uh, freedom and capitalism. And I think that um, it's, you know, they want the schools to work for the kids. And I think that is a momentum that will continue on whether Trump is part of it or not. I agree. It's, it's not just a right left thing because we know here in Loudoun, hundreds, not, not dozens, hundreds of Democrats that voted for Youngkin, hundreds of Democrats that they're still Democrats. They still believe in a lot of the criminal justice uh, type reform and a lot of the welfare uh, programs that I don't really believe in. But they also they think that the government's gone too far and it wasn't COVID the illness. It was the response to COVID um, was just way too far. Demis, you said you said it's not over, man. You said Mike is here to stay. Uh, so I think Trump's gonna run. Uh, he, you know, his his little uh, subliminal messages are pretty funny. You know, I'm gonna be 45th and 47th president. Uh, that that that's actually pretty funny. If you if you ask me, uh, <laughs> nobody can actually say that. So. <laughs> Um, but the fact, I think, look, I think he didn't, uh, the fact that he didn't really fight this last election to, uh, you know, to get it legitimized or whatever it was, he's out of the office, but I think this was a good thing for him to leave after one term and have Joe and the Democrats come in and show the true hand. This was. Have I told you call. my conspiracy theory? Hey guys, we're just not Rumble. We can get as conspiracy. My theory is this: I think that the Democrats knew, the party leadership knew they were losing this election, so they said, "Let's just throw up two scapegoats that just sacrificed their careers." So they picked the oldest, most senile guy who was over, dumb Joe. You know, Barack Obama himself. You know, doesn't respect the man, and they picked the absolute worst candidate in the primaries that couldn't get 1% of her own constituents' votes, uh, Kamala Harris. And they were like, it's a throwaway election. We're going to give it to the right. We'll rebuild. We'll regroup. We'll fortify our position in the House. Um, and I think the real elites, so the political elites decided that. I think the real elites, you know, the 
whoever's really in charge said, absolutely not. He's done too much damage. Uh, his number one priority is and has always been uh, combating human trafficking. He's done too much damage on this front. He's, he's pushing too much uh, radical Americanism. And they said, we're going to steal it because I don't care what anyone says. I fully believe that the 2020 election was obviously stolen. If it were white collar crimes, it would have, it would have forced an investigation just because of the number of oddities. Um, you know, the IRS would have been all over it. The SEC would have been all over it. And fraud investigators are breaking my heart because they're all just going around with blindfolds on. Uh, but anyway, I, we can I, we can say I, that I on disagree. Rumble. I don't disagree. Believe me, because the numbers don't make sense. No, yeah. but, but also, I, so I, th I think Trump did fight it. And I, I thought he, he fought it very hard. His, his guy, Peter Navarro, put together the three-volume Navarro report, which spelled things out. His guy Steve Bannon still on a crusade to to see what he can people, do. No, Ban Bannon's well, man on fire. He, he, yes. he should he should he have never right. he should have never put Giuliani and what's her face. Uh, yeah, that that might have been a mistake. Yeah, Giuliani shouldn't have should have never been around this this whole thing. But then well, there's the other issue that the courts didn't. Everyone says that they had their day in court. The courts refused to hear a lot of the arguments, to see a lot of the evidence, and that is an empirical fact, which is another feather in the cap for something is way wrong. But uh, I, I don't like the idea of it, it was a tactical maneuver to let the Democrats take power again, because when you let that happen, too, look at all the damage that's being done. There's economic damage. Looks what, look at what's happening with inflation. Right. You've got China on the move. You've got there's too much Charlie, as far as some sort of tactical maneuver. Here, here's my theory on it. I think <laughs> Scott's happened, like, who the hell are these guys? Like, why are we talking Trump? Let me, let me tell you. I think I think it was good that Democrats came in. I I'm actually happy the destruction that they're doing. Because it's absolutely, absolutely showing their thought and ideology openly. And for those diehard Democrats who've been lifelong Democrats, who were the old school liberals, are not satisfied with it. The old school liberals did not want what's happening now. This, this is, this is the first time for. we've had a good fracture in the Democrat okay. Party. So the old school liberals, the old school Democrats are voting these people out. The extremists, look look what happened in San Francisco. San Francisco removed three board members. Three board members for pushing uh, all yeah for pushing all, racial justice continuously. All that's good, but with the damage too that's being done. It could take, Absolutely. Over, a decade. I, it could I take over a decade to fix what is what is currently happening. I, so I think I, I just it's I can't say that that's a good thing. I so so I I this is this is the way I look at it and this is the way I say it. look we were we had a big scar uh, we had a big wound and we kept putting band-aid over it. Trump came in and started putting stitches on it and these assholes came into the uh, into the White House and just ripped those stitches apart. And now we're bleeding. Once you start bleeding, you start going unconscious, right? So now you're gonna have to stitch it up stitch it back up again. But this time, you're going to stitch it all the way up versus just three or four stitches. So the next election, they only know they lost the primaries. They know the midterm election is lost. They, they don't have a foot 
in the soil at all. They're losing it. They're, they're calling everything. Even the media is falling apart. CNN's it's it's hanging by a thread. They got one anchor. <laughs> so they got one guy who can carry. Wow, the we, we can barely call him an anchor. So, right? so, so Scott. So MSNBC is losing ground. Yeah. Uh, ABC is every they're all losing ground, right? So this is why I say it's good, but it's I, I'm not I don't like it. I absolutely don't like it because look, I I grew up poor. I know how it is to be poor. My parents are, you know, I still look at them as you know they're still poor. They don't have money. My parents live in California, and my relatives live in, live in California. They have to pump six dollars a gallon, five fifty five fifty per gallon. Nobody can afford that shit, you know. So, but they have to go through the hardship to understand what they did was self-infliction, inflicted because the fact that oh, I just don't like the way Trump handles himself, or I don't like the way he talks, or I don't like the way he tweets. Well, you just put another guy in place that just ruined your entire livelihood. So I say it's good because now they are suffering under their own decision. They made a decision to get him out, and they made a decision to put this guy in so they could feel better. That feeling has turned into torture for them. And I don't think they're going to do it again. I think this time they're going to take a step back. They're like, am I going to put in... I, I disagree. I think House liberals are too dumb. He's been, been in the office I, for 40 years. I think that's pie. That's pie in the sky. Liberals have never made the connection that you're making on their behalf. They've never connected the dots between their guy and their stupid policies manifesting oh, and sorry. all this stuff. <laughs> so, so, Scott, we we took some trails there. Biden inflation, uh, conspiracy theories about the election, which definitely went down. But we started with what's going on with MAGA. Do you think the movement's over uh, do you do you think we can keep it afloat? Does it need to go away? Uh, what do you got? Thank you. Well, I had a five-minute warning before my next interview, so excuse the brevity. I think we're missing the point. You know, this doesn't have anything to do with Trump, and it really doesn't have to do anything with DeSantis. I, I think we need to really talk about why voters would even consider voting Republican. And it has to do with no mask mandates, no vaccine passports, open our schools, open our businesses, fund the police, defund the federal government, defund U.S. aid, secure the border, veterans before illegal, school choice, have money follow the student if parents choose to homeschool, and stop giving money to countries that hate us. That is what it means to be conservative, and that's what it means to be America first. And so we shouldn't be focusing on a man or woman or candidate, but we need to focus on what it actually means policy-wise if we're going to focus on the America first movement. Awesome. Well, I know how to just do back-to-back interviews. So rather than take you to the end, uh, go ahead and um, just... Give one last message uh, to the listeners. Uh, let them know if you if you want to plug anything. Go ahead and plug it, and uh, we'll let you go. We'll move on, guys. We get to talk about Ukraine and the State of the Union uh, here in the moment. So, Scott, you got the floor, my man. If people truly want to make a difference in making sure that we have a decisive, overwhelming victory this November, then the most influential states that we need to focus on include Arizona, Florida, Georgia. 
Pennsylvania, Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin. If we are able to harness and wield power by winning the governorships of all of those states, then not only are we going to be able to buck the federal government and the Joe Biden America last agenda, but we'll be able to, in 2023, pass election integrity legislation at the state level, which will pave the way to take back the White House in 2024. And here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we have a historic opportunity that every seat in the House of Delegates and every state Senate seat will be up in November of 2023. So. I encourage people who live in Virginia to not just rest on our laurels that we won the governorship this last year, but we need to hit the ground running right now at this very second, registering voters and knocking on doors, because if we are able to win the House of Delegates and State Senate in 2023, we'll control every level of government within the Commonwealth of Virginia. And if the Democrats lose Virginia in 2024, they will never win the White House ever again. My website is scottpressler.org. I'm on every social media, Telegram, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, True Social, Gab, at Scott Pressler, S-C-O-T-T-P-R-E-S-L-E-R. And the most important thing that you can do at home is go to vote.gov and make sure that you are registered to vote at your current address awesome well thank you so much scott pressler thanks for joining i got my i got my re-up for election uh, officer right here so <laughs> hey look I've, I've done my part uh and i knocked doors i knocked doors for alicia andrews and glenn youngkin and it sucks knocking doors in virginia but uh i've not knocked a fraction of the doors that uh scott has scott thank you so much for joining us hope you enjoy your next interview hope you get a break i've got a baby bladder so i've always got to take breaks <laughs> uh, yeah so thanks for joining no, thanks for joining man thanks and Good we'll night. catch you in the next one thank you all right guys so we gotta we gotta touch on I don't even know which way to go. It's like Ukraine is such a dumpster fire, but the State of the Union, I know Demis and I, we both did kind of reactions to it on our shows. I stopped halfway, dude. I, I lasted that's 45 all, That's minutes. all you could take? You, you know, i got to say, right. I'm sure you guys talked about this, but um, I, I thought it was great when, when Biden said um, the Russians are going to come, they can come, they can surround Kiev with their guns but they'll never win the hearts and minds of the Iranian people. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> so I had, I had, no, I, I didn't know how, I didn't know there were Iranians that that was a big place uh, that they lived in the Ukraine. <laughs> so, yeah. so Demis, if you've got some. What do you think is I had Eric and Bob on that, that night, Eric and Bob, they were, they were, they were with me while we were watching the, uh, the state of the union and Bob, he just like, Fuck this! I'm 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 signing off. He signed off. <laughs> legit, like he legit signed off. He's like, fuck this, dude. I'm out. Wow. Uh, Eric stayed on till nine thirty because he had to leave at nine thirty. He had to go somewhere. Or uh, yeah, nine thirty. He signed yeah, off. And Bob, I, Bob I, had I, to go I, kill himself. I hung for f- fifteen extra minutes, and I was about to throw up. I was like, what the... He legit used every single Trump talking point. Build American, buy American, bring American back, manufacturing back. All this stuff. Then he's like, 
let's tax the corporations 50%. Do these people don't use common sense? Can I? <laughs> I Demis, I don't remember if this was in the first 30 minutes or not, but there was this bull crap portion where he was saying America first policy. And it was total lip service. He was saying, we're going to bring jobs back to America. We're going to consider American citizens first, the American worker, American manufacturing. And I was like, did the teleprompter guy slip in a slide, a paragraph of a Donald Trump speech? Is it total bullcrap? Is there something left from three years ago sitting in there? I'm telling you, border security, fund the police. And those are all Trump talking points, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't talked about winning that. hearts and minds since Obama in Afghanistan. <laughs> see, see, the guys in the tel- with the teleprompter might have said, hey, this guy is so drugged up. Let's switch the, the speeches and see if he keeps yeah. going. But did you guys notice, I thought when, because I came in a little late, but when I turned it on, it sounded like Biden was, uh, there was a little slur in his speech. Do you guys That's hear that? That's normal, dude. That's normal. That's that is. Just, he's so he's so shot up with with like uh, um, adrenaline. This is like if if yeah, or whatever it is. I don't know if it's adrenaline, but um, it's they got something. some good drugs over there, bro. Yeah, it's some kind of uh, <laughs> narcotic effect, possibly. He also not to get into all the cosmetic issues, but did, did does he have a big uh? Swo- was the right side of his <laughs> face swollen? That, <laughs> I, I didn't see the right side of his face being swollen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that either. Demis, you already know where this is oh, going. Oh, yeah, dude, this Uh-oh. is fucking... Do you guys... Uh, <laughs> did you see this? <laughs> yeah, this was the best. It's not clear what may have been taken, and no arrests have been made. A 71-year-old man is accused of inappropriately touching a 12-year-old girl at the Walmart <laughs> in West Memphis. <laughs> oh, the guy's face. So, so... Oh, it was great. This guy's face, right, right here. He's like, "Oh no, oh, it, it, this one's a different cut." But <laughs> oh, seventy-one-year-old man accused of inappropriate touching. You know what this real? What really went down is the most popular president in the history of the world. Eighty-one million votes, more popular yeah. than Barack Hussein Obama. Apparently ain't so popular because obviously this was not a mistake. They weren't talking about Joe Biden. They they were not getting ready to throw to his big ugly mug. Well, actually, no. Is this this picture isn't from yesterday? Now I feel like his face does look puffy on on our right side, his left side. Anyway, I digress. This I want to meet the guy hilarious. who put this picture up. Oh yeah, that person probably got fired. But well done. You could go work anywhere. Yeah. I thought this was done after the fact. This was actually occurred during the real news broadcast. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. because uh, it, it was live. Yeah, this was live. The, the guy's yeah. face. I mean, you can see this guy freaks out. Appropriately touching a 12 year old girl at the Walmart in West Oh my Memphis god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, that that was funny. I, was um, I, I saw um, that like right before we well, got the, on here. Well, the question was, where was Biden when this was happening? Probably. He was asleep. still at the State of the Union. He was probably asleep. 
Mm. Hey, hats off to the White House doctors, though. They give him some powerful... I mean, we know he's late in the game with dementia. They give him some powerful stuff to keep him going. The way he, he looked good. I'll give it to him. He's looked a lot worse earlier in his in his uh, former yeah. vice presidency. Well, and to go for an hour, I think it was an hour and five minutes, he, he's, he I guess, by his own standards... Um, he got the words out. He stood on his feet. He chatted afterwards. So whatever it is, it it's, you know, it's still got the slurred speech and he still gets confused and makes a lot of mistakes. But um, it's keeping him in the mistake called Ukrainians, Iranians, bro. That was the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you hear the joke. You can't, you know, most Americans can't find Ukraine on a map. Apparently, most world leaders can't say Ukraine. They they got to say Iranians. Yeah, I mean, freaking a man. Look, I think uh, uh, Ukraine is gone, and uh, yeah. Russia just had a talk with Macron, and Macron got the message that it's gonna get a lot worse. This guy's not backing off. Yeah. No, and I think. Yeah. Go ahead. Ukraine's gone. Ukraine's finished. I yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I'm all for giving people hope, but um, this this thing, with no help from anyone, and I'm not saying that we should step in, but with no help, um, I hate to see so many people dying when uh, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. And I think, you know, it's not just the, it's, I feel like Ukraine has been set up to some extent, too, because, you know, years back they said, give up your nuclear weapons, we will take care of you, um, we've got your back, and then and then the Europeans didn't have have their back. NATO, I guess, you know, did not. And, and all along, Europe has been ramping down their energy production. You know, it's what Greta Thunberg wanted, I guess, while Russia has been ramping up his – and he has made Europe more dependent on him, which has given him the leverage, too, to go in and no one's going to interfere with him, right? So they've got the sanctions going, but they don't have sanctions on energy, which is the main source of revenue. So yeah, what's have, really being done to stop Russia? Not much of anything. You have people here breaking the vodka bottles and putting the Russian vodka out, but they're pumping Russian fuel into the car. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I don't see anybody at Costco holding the nozzle and just like spraying the gas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I tell people, I tell people from a geopolitical framework, like holistically, and why these agreements, these treaties, these, this kind of gentleman's agreement that we have going, well, not even, we have signed agreements, not even gentlemen's agreements that we have internationally is because it's what's good and proper for what we consider humanity now. Otherwise, like we, like the world considers it wrong for the United States to go expansionist and start colonizing and take over Canada. Take If we, I don't know if you guys know this, so actually you probably do. I think you've both worked in the space before, but we, our military capabilities are 10, 11, 12 X that of other militaries. People talk a lot about China and Russia and blah, blah, blah. A lot of it's bull crap. If we, if we put the pedal to the metal and 
you know, just went out. We have, we have a strong Navy. We do, we do have the strongest Navy in the world. Bar none. And we're, we're extremely difficult to invade. Do you guys remember in like COVID, early in COVID, there were the rumor, there was that rumor that the Chinese had invaded Connecticut or some bull crap like that. Um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, bull crap. Like they couldn't I mean, even get past the Coast we, Guard we up can, there. We can easily get invaded from the southern border. That's just... Yeah, and, but so well, that's what, a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hear what you're saying, Joe. But are you also are you saying that because we have such a strong military, we should go into Ukraine and take care of this? No, I don't we, think that we should. But we can. We cannot. Go yeah, I absolutely think we we should not. We've we've right. been world police for so long. But the danger is no. So no, we shouldn't. If any, if we send troops somewhere, it should be. No, you know, we can't. The, way, the way that we've been pussyfooting around with the drug war, we should send troops to Sinaloa or Juarez and say, right. "Hey, this this Look, drug cartel crap." Yeah, we is won't over. send. We, yeah, people want us to send troops to the Ukraine to no, to the southern Ukraine border. border. But what about the United States border? Yeah, you try no, and walk no, no, into no. Russia, they have troops there. You try and walk into uh, Texas or Arizona, and they're handing out money, vaccines, boosters. Welcome, come on. Oh yeah, just you know, enjoy the economy on us. No, we need so, troops on the southern border. No, nowhere else. Yeah, so we we can go into Ukraine. Period. Like no, this is why you don't see any countries in Ukraine right now trying to fight the Russians because if any any countries step in, he's gonna bomb those countries because there'll be a direct conflict with Russia. So we can't ha- we cannot have any boots on the ground in Russia. We can supply weapons. We could supply aid, but we cannot have boots on the ground. I um, I don't think that that's necessarily true. It's it's not the Cold War anymore, right? Oh, it's a hot war. That's what I'm saying. It's not Cold War. This is hot war. Well, not if Boots it were on the right. ground means Russia will hit, will fire back. That's I don't, I don't think I don't think Russia would Russia would hit us because Biden's president because of the state of our leadership. This this would this would have never even happened if Trump was in the yeah. office. Period. Yeah, oh no, it wouldn't have happened. No. Period. But Trump would have flown out to Moscow and slapped Biden in the or Biden. <laughs> slapped Moscow in the face. Biden would probably be over there. His son-in-law or his no, son's from over what there I've heard, I, I believe girlfriend. Trump Trump to- told Putin that if he tries to expand that he would have our our fighters in there bombing Moscow and bombing cities. And I, I, I don't necessarily think he would have done it, but Trump is so unpredictable that just tactically to, to use that, to say that, probably well, he, he would have done worry. it. But this, also, this is the guy probably, that went to North Korea yeah. with no security. <laughs> but also, Trump never pushed Ukraine to become a NATO member. The whole thing is Russia does not want a NATO country oh, yeah. next to its borders because that you, means weapons. The Ukraine the was never going to get in. The Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries Correct. on the planet. They Correct. were never. They wouldn't qualify. But this administration was pushing it. This administration was put, continues to push it. He warned them. Putin warned them. He's like, dude, back the hell off. I don't want Ukraine to become a NATO member. Back off. I, I don't think it was ever going to happen. Not the point. He was well, looking for an excuse. I got to tell you guys a random story. Uh, I went to CPAC last week. It was a lot of fun. It was really exhausting. It, it was more work than play. Um, one, hey, we have some fans. I ran into a few dozen fans. So thank you guys yeah. for watching the show. It was great to see you in Florida. 
But I'll tell you what, one day I was like, I'm going to be off. I'm going to be poolside with the book. I'm not fundraising. I'm not smoozing with clients. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Uh, and I did the wrong thing. I wore this freaking Glenn Youngkin shirt. And I got to tell you, <laughs> Glenn Youngkin's the most famous person that didn't even go to CPAC because I got stopped. I tried to walk around this pool and there were some friends there watching me and I got stopped every three seconds going around this pool to talk about some Loudoun County story, to talk about one of you guys. or uh, So I, I learned my lesson. But Glenn Youngkin is like freaking... Tom Brady or something in Florida yeah, well, right when you now. live in Virginia and you're a part of what happened here, you don't realize how much that people in the rest of the country know about this. But I had friends in California, in Texas, all over the place that were uh, calling me or texting me when that, that election happened. So, yeah, he's he's known across the country very well. Man, I, he, I, he could I, easily I, I run. Mean, I give you a true story. I went uh, last August last year. I went to California for my uncle's funeral. At the funeral, you know, I'm like I'm almost like sobbing. So you know, it's my uncle who passed, and I had like cousins come up to me. He's like, "Dude, you kicked ass!" Like we loved. I was like. Bro, <laughs> 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 you know yeah. they they're like trying to comfort me. You know they they come on my shoulder. They, they have their hand on my shoulder. They're like, "It's okay, Dennis." But man, you kicked ass, dude. That was like freaking awesome. I was like, "Dude." <laughs> I had the same experience in Smithfield. I went, um, Darren Sharkbait Jarrett, uh, Sergeant Sergeant in the Virginia Army National Guard, passed away in October of last year. And I went to the funeral in Smithfield, Virginia. And it was the same thing. A bunch of my old military buddies were there and his family was there. Uh, and it was the same thing. It was like sad, but they were like, man, I'm glad you're out of the military because you're kicking butt and taking names now. <laughs> and you know, you've got to be apolitical when you're a yeah. soldier. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, Charlie, as I say, like I, I sort of, ha I am not happy of what's happening in the country. But I'm happy that's happening to those people who voted for him. You know what I'm saying? Well, you like know, yeah, no, I hear you. But, you know, sometimes you've got this, like I hear people sometimes say, let the pendulum swing far in the wrong direction because then we'll come back in the right direction. But, you know, this country has, you can go back 60 years, we have been moving in the wrong direction. And every now and then we seem to... It comes back on our side, but this... No, it never you know, does. Like, we okay. just stop it from going left. It never swings right. Yeah, so so what I would say is, you know, you look at places, look at what's happened, look at Greece, look at Venezuela, look at a lot of these places that just have gone farther and farther and farther and it keeps getting worse. And we think, hey, if it gets bad here, people will swing it back. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes they get happy with all the extra programs and they get brainwashed and they think, that, you know, they think the, the left, this socialist system can work. We just have to get the right people in to make it work. So I just, I, I'm not sure where there's a benefit. Oh, there's no benefit. This is, this is a wake-up call. It has nothing to do with being beneficial. It is not beneficial. And I tell you why. You're saying it's, there's a positive to it. Yes, yes. This is absolutely positive to it. Because if you don't hit rock bottom, you don't know your mistakes. Period. 
See that that works, but they're just too dumb. They don't and, get like well, my my no, parents are it, in this look, boat. They the, know the everything sucks. They are New York City Democrat. They know everything sucks. They know Biden sucks. They know uh, the economy is messed up. They know the ha- they know all of this stuff happened on January twentieth. It was like boom. <laughs> But they Look, can't I, connect I, it to the Democrat I Party. I agree with you more. I have they a brother con- who thinks the same way. Okay, they they, they never know. make the connection. They connect it. They connect it to people, like I say, and they think it's the personalities that are the problem, and they just it's get the, the political right ideology. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, it's actually the ideology. But a lot of people. How many people understand a lot of these concepts that we're really talking about? You know, is it is it. 20%? Is it 10%? If you don't understand, then you're you're kind of voting for personalities. And, and a lot of a lot of it is 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 the fact that they uh they believe everything they hear without doing any research or without you know applying common common sense or like you know real life situations. And uh, I give you a good example for like seven years. I was telling my friends in California, dude, you need to buy a house now. This is a good time to buy a house. I will tell my uncles, if you want to buy a house, buy a house now. You know, it's it's a good time. And I kept getting, say, oh, you don't know anything about economy. We, I spoke to like economists and they say, oh, the housing market is going gonna, is gonna to crash. I'm like, why would it crash? They won't have an answer. I did, I used to do subprime mortgages. I know what how mortgages work. I know how rates work. And I know why the housing market goes up and goes down. I have that knowledge because I worked it. And when I truly tell you, hey, dude, it's a good time to buy a house, it's a good time to buy a house because I'm not looking to destroy your livelihood. I'm trying to help you. Like I, as I'm not asking for commission. I'm coming at you as a good friend telling you, dude, if you want to buy a house, buy it now. This is the best time. So... Going back a year, some of the friends, the ones that kept saying, oh, the market is going to crash, the market is going to crash, they had to, they end up paying legit, legit 30 to 40% more to buy a house in that area that they lived in. It's not the fact that they couldn't buy seven years ago, they choose not to because Somebody was treating them, the market is going to crash. Right. But so so they don't have the information. They don't understand the situation. And this gets back to what we talked about with Scott, too. You do have, you know, you've got people steering the general population the wrong way through media. Look, look at these kids that are in colleges being steered the wrong way through the entertainment industry. And, you know, we, we are trying to break through and maybe we are breaking through now to some extent. But somehow they, you know, we all understand a lot of concepts and principles about government and politics that other people, they don't follow and pay attention to. And whatever they happen to hear on CNN or wherever, they just, they kind of take that in. Yeah, I mean, it all happens through mistakes. I made plenty of mistakes. I'm proud of making those mistakes because if I didn't make those mistakes, I wouldn't be here right now. And I still make mistakes. Every day of my life, I make mistakes, you know, that, you know, oh, crap, I should have done this. Oh, crap, I should have done that. Small things. doesn't have to be big, but, you know, it helps out to, 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 to make a mistake. 
And I call this they these people made a mistake. And they're gonna have to learn. <laughs> oh man. They made, um, they made the mistake. They made the mistake that cost. But them. I, don't, I don't even think they did because I think the election was stolen. So, <laughs> well, let's just say they did. <laughs> I think uh, Dominion let, made the mistake. Let's just say they. Let's just say they did. But I mean, look, everyone to their own. Uh, the fact that if it, I take it personally because it messes with my livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't think he got. Now, I don't think he got half as many votes. I think you know, he may I have gotta gotten spend more money on gas. I gotta spend yeah, you, more you're money big time into the conspiracy, aren't you, Joe? Hey, there's, we're on rubble now. We can say whatever. There's no doubt in my mind. Hey, here's the thing. No. Why why would you why would you stop counting, Charlie? Why? Why would no, you no, stop no. counting? There is not nothing gonna... going on in the yeah, yeah. on earth yeah. where no, we're I'm just playing, like, hey, I'm, let's and I'm playing the devil's advocate. Believe me, I'm completely on your side on this. If, if someone people, can people, explain to me why you stop counting when the world, the world is awake. Kids all over the world don't even know why they're well, awake. They're like, my parents said this is the thing. And we're just like, hey, we're going to pack it up and go folks home. Folks say that what happened was that it wasn't that Biden was popular. It was that Trump was so unpopular. That's what that's they why say. everybody voted for Biden. However, that's what they say, however, but that's well, yeah, no, but, but the proof right there is look at Trump's vote count. You know, Obama in his first and second elections, he lost about 8 million votes. Trump Which is went normal. up. Trump went up 12 million votes. So Which is that's not that's not Trump becoming less popular. So, it, so know, yeah, that numbers numbers don't add up. So think about it. Trump got 12 million votes, which put him over 68 yeah. million votes. Yeah, some, something like yeah, something like what was it? 62 to 74 million, so, yeah. something like that. Okay, let's just say 68. Biden got 81 million. Okay, let's let, let, let's wait. When <laughs> it's just laughable. When Hillary ran, she lost by six. She lost by two million votes, right? No, she was up two million votes. Yeah, yeah. She uh, in, the, in the actual vote count, she had. More, the, yeah. We're doing vote count at this point, right? She was up two million votes. How the fuck? <laughs> Can you so here's here's Trump gets Trump Trump gets extra twelve million. Trump gets extra twelve million. Biden gets extra twenty million. That's thirty-two million votes. That's an additional thirty-two million votes. You want to tell me additional thirty-two million people voted uh, registered to vote? I don't believe it for a goddamn yeah. second. Oh, he didn't even campaign to, right? He was in his basement. I mean, yeah. you can go. I mean, once again, I will tell people listening, because a lot of people say, I think Trump won, but I don't, you know, how do I really know this happened? Go look up the Peter Navarro report. It's in three volumes. It makes a case across six uh, areas of election irregularities 
and it's a solid case. It's hard totally. to I argue against Trump that. Won here's 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 he the thing. Swept California. He swept I'll, California. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll explain it from a white collar crimes thing. You don't have to be an expert. There's four elements. Okay. <laughs> To commit a white-collar crime, you need time and space. You need so well, time, you need intelligence, you need opportunity and criminal intent. All right, so criminal intent, they got it. All right, Democrats, y'all have been cheating since 1775, okay? You were probably going to call the country something else if you had your way. Uh, the parties didn't flip. That's fake news. You know who you are. Your, your, lineage, your lineage goes all the way back to, you know, so whatever. Uh, the time <laughs> and space. So they created time for themselves because they need that intelligence when you were committing fraud. And we're not saying let's let's take it away from election fraud. Let's say like we want to defraud a company. We want to do an Enron or rob a bank. We need to decide which bank, which company are we going to defraud? When? How? Are we going to be employees? Are we going to be tax auditors? Are we going to be um, hired as financial analysts or accountants or whatever? Then we need the intelligence. We need to know the books. We need to know where the merchandise is or what the numbers are, what the fungible funds are. Uh, what, what are the other things? Criminal intent, time, space. Uh, I just said them. They just popped right in my, out of my head. But they had all those things. But the time piece to know, to know that competitive intelligence, how many votes do we need, which they screwed up because they went way over on the votes. I think they did it in too many places, too many, you know, not knowing what the left hand is doing or left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. But the time piece these bullcrap emergencies that were verifiably false, where they stop, there's no reason. It's strange enough that you stop counting, but then California while you stopped counting, you actually didn't stop counting, and people were counting in little private rooms or whatever after they sent everyone away. And then, and then they lied and said that they didn't send everyone away. When the media sure. reported, they told the media to go home, the media California, reported we're shutting California down. California was called at 4%. 4%. This, this was, California was called. You would have to be the most gullible person in the history of the Forrest Gump wouldn't have fallen for this, okay? It's, Pennsylvania. Well, Pennsylvania. Trump was up by 800,000 points. 800,000 points. <laughs> point votes. Yeah, well, but, I mean, you know, we we could go on for hours about this, but when you look at so in Arizona, I believe Biden won Arizona by by ten uh, thousand. There's something like a hundred or two hundred thousand very questionable votes. Pennsylvania was <laughs> three times worse. Pennsylvania was uh, Biden won by about ten k, and there's more like five hundred thousand questionable votes. So it, you know. In so many areas, it's almost impossible that it could have happened as it happened. But you know, so, so the Democrats had three years to try to to try to prove that uh, there was Russian collusion, and they needed that time. They insisted they never had any good evidence, but they wanted to run the investigations anyway. With us, we had within about three days they were saying, "Up, oh, there's nothing to investigate. We couldn't look into it. We were a conspiracy theorist." So, you know, we never... We're, we're trying to steal our democracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by, wow. you know, and if, if you work in a company, if you work for the government, one thing you know is audits happen all the time because there are irregularities. You go in and you do audits. That's all we were asking. Let's do some audits. And if the audits show that everything was fair and square, that's fine. We got to abide by it. But that's all we asked. But we weren't trying to do anything illegal. 
to reverse. No, they're they're never going to let us audit. We are never going to be able to see those ballots. Yeah. We are ne- so many of them have been destroyed because that's yeah, not correct. shady at all. What if you told the IRS I destroyed my receipts? Like bull crap. <laughs> it, it, it's auditable. So, okay, clearly I'm going off on a tangent. We started five minutes late. We've gone 13 minutes over. Uh, Guys, we're going to have to, maybe we should do an election integrity episode. Uh, Can I ask, did Demis and I get uh, extra pay because we went over time? Yeah, yeah, you can you can send that to the DNC. You can send that bill. I'll take bitcoins. Yeah, going. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thanks for hanging on with us. You know, you know the thing. Uh, we're on all social media. Well, I don't know if Charlie's on all social media. Uh, Demis and I are. It's Immigrant Corner on all things, or it's Demis. See, it's just like look. It's right there. It's literally on the bottom of his his screen here. You can look me up on either Demis or Immigrant Corner, whichever. I mix and match all of it, so anybody wants to look me up, everything just pops up at the same time. Get her. Add Immigrant Corner, Twitter, Demis Christo. You can, or you can put Add Immigrant Corner. You'll find me. I'll pop up. And honestly, you don't have to do any of that. I put the links literally in the description. So all, all six of those links are underneath this yeah, episode. Yeah. And it's on the podcast. Uh, at the Joe Mobley. Nope. Yeah, at the Joe Mobley on all. That's all my social. Uh, don't forget sh- to rumble, guys, because now we do this rumble. Yeah, I can't rumble. stop. I can't stop saying like, share, and subscribe. It's rumble. And, and we, didn't even, we didn't even talk about the trucker convoy, which is a, a fascinating subject too. Oh, so dang, there's there's so much, but that's there you go. Stay tuned next week for the trucker yeah. convoy. Hey, yeah. I don't have a guest next week. I'm in Nashville, so maybe we'll just do. You know, the third chair thing again. I'm down. Yeah. Good. We, we can start that out later. <laughs> Guys, yeah. thanks so much for watching the show. That's all we got. We'll see you in the next. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.